The mules are stampeding to get into the studio. They want to be heard on Mule Talk. Hey, I'm Cindy K. Roberts, and I'm your host. Today, we have a special guest. We have Lori Wilson from Mule Academy, and she's located in Georgia. So, Lori, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on Mule Talk. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. We've been trying to connect for the last week or two. Give me some background on on you and, and the Mule Academy. Okay, so I have been a trainer here in Georgia for the last 18 years. And it was probably about six years ago that I came upon Toby Jack, who is my mule now. Uh, someone was looking to rehome him, and so... I went to go check it out. I didn't really know hardly anything about mules, but I fell in love with him the day I met him, and I orchestrated it so he could come home with me, and he's been my partner ever since. And since that time, my uh, top student and my best friend saw all the fun I was having with my mule, and so she decided to get a mule named Jolene. And then through uh, our process of owning these two mules, a friend of ours rescued a mule from the kill pen, which proved to be way too uh, big of a problem for her. And so we took that mule off her hands. And so now we have three mules named Basil. Um, his name is Basil. And so we, we are rooted in natural horsemanship. Um, we like to do a lot of cross training and have fun when we train. And so we started adapting that philosophy to all of our mule training. And, you know, I kind of noticed when I, I got into mules, I started reading all books on training and behavior and, you know, all, all misconceptions about mules. And I, you know, I, I just treated my mule like I treat um, my horses and I treated them in a way that is natural to them and makes sense to them and, and has a positive training environment. And Toby has flourished in that environment. And he came with a set of problems that most mule people have. He bolted. You couldn't touch his ears. He didn't like to have his feet picked up. He tried to buck me off the first time I, I rode him. So he didn't come as an easy mule, but, you know, through time and patience and positive rewards, we, we've made great inroads. But the reason we started Mule Academy is to kind of be that a little point of difference in more of a creative style and, and, and with lots of positive uh, rewards to people that might think that they need to be kind of stuck in a, in a static way to train mules. You have to use this bit or you have to use this saddle or you can't use treats or you can use treats or whatever. And so we just want to be out there in a way that inspires people to have a little more fun and get a little more creative with their mules. I think that is very inspiring for all the mule owners that experience behavior problems. So are you a rescue operation? No, we are just two mule girls that we're, we're, we're trainers, uh, you know, here in Georgia that have primarily focused on horses, but now we've owned mules. I've had Toby for six years. Uh, jo, uh, uh, Joanne's had Jolene now for almost two years, and then we've had Basil's for a, Basil for a year. So we, we are just uh, trainers that are mule lovers, and um, we do not re rescue. We took Basil because we knew he, he needed a lot of help, and so we are kind of a stepping stone uh, in his training process. We don't know if we're going to keep him or eventually he'll find another home, but he still, we have lots of issues with him we, we're trying to overcome first. But we just really, uh, we do do clinics and workshops, and I do private training here locally in Georgia. Um, but for, for Mule Academy, right now, we want to be an inspirational page 
and a sounding board and do fun things and, and, and talk to people about uh, the way we do things and offer advice. But it's it's mainly right now an inspirational place for you to come get creative with your mule. Well, that is very interesting. When did you first start working with mules? Well, Toby was my first one and that was six years ago. So that was the first mule I had ever met. And to be honest with you, when I met Toby, I didn't know that a mule was half donkey, half horse. I, I didn't know anything about mules. And so <laughs> I, I got a crash course. Um, you know, like I said, I read everything I could and, um, you know, and, and, and understood where everyone was coming from with, with, you know, the basic training and how you need to be a better trainer to work with mules and horses. And ultimately, um, I think I just took a lot more time up front. I still did all the things I typically did with horses, but I just took a lot more time up front with Toby uh, to make sure the relationship was 100% solid. You know, it takes a different mindset when you are working with mules. And um, I mean, for you to develop that technique in, in such a short time, I'm, I'm really impressed. Well, thank you. And, and my, my passions in life are with, with horses and mules is uh, dressage. It is obstacles, trick training and cow work. So I try when I am working with any of my equines to combine and to cross train because especially for a mule or any highly intelligent equine you're working with, they get bored super quick. So I want to make sure that I'm always engaging their brains, their feet. And to do that, I need to, they need to kind of be, I mean, there's two sides of the brain, the right side, I call that the flight side, the left side, which is the thinking side. And the thinking side can get naughty. Um, and But what we want to do is foster their brain so that they always are listening to us, but they know where their own feet are because it's not my job to manage their feet, it's their job. And so if I do very specific types of tasks, putting their feet on things, small pedestals, uh, going over cavalettis. I even do garrote work. It's all about getting my brain, my focus on things ahead of me and getting my mule's brain on things ahead of them so that they are not worried about the, their environment. Toby can be very spooky at times. So to, to make sure when I do um, cross train with him, that if I don't, I don't just do movement for movement's sake, because I kind of lose him, his attention. So I take that movement, I give it very finite places to go. And that's how I get him to engage me more in our training sessions. And then what happens, I, I wrote an article called The Trick Train Brain. And what happens is when you start trick training with uh, equines, they come out with already with a positive attitude, like, let me show you what I learned last time and how great I am. And so you don't have to always, you know, start over when you get their brain really, they come out looking for things because I kind of, I try to make them see their world as games to play. When they come out, they're already going, you know, if I walk out and there's a cone, Toby's probably going to walk up to the cone and try to pick it up and carry it somewhere. Or, you know, if there's an umbrella on the barrel, he's going to walk over and want me to, to open it. So instead of fleeing, or being afraid from objects, he looks at things that we encounter as games that we can play together. And as they get more, um, as you get higher level in your relationship, you know, there are times you go, hey, we're not going to play that game. We're just going to go on. But for the horses or the mules that are extremely anxious and nervous, I want them to come out and feel they can dominate the object by stepping on it or pushing it with their nose rather than turning and running from it. How old is Toby? He is between nine and ten years old. Okay. All right. Why do you think he had an issue with his, with touching his ears? You know, I, I think that what happened because meals come with all these stereotypes is people think they kind of have to be heavy handed in the beginning or 
the mule is going to take advantage of them. So what I've seen through the six years that I've kind of been, you know, with Toby and around other mule people and seeing all the things I see on Facebook is people kind of go too hard too quick because they're afraid if they don't that they're going to lose the respect from the mule. Instead of fostering a positive response, they're they're just fostering, you know, a negative response that adds to itself. And I and I tell people basically equines are four-legged pad or patterns on four legs. And every time I work with one, I want to make sure I leave a positive pattern. So for example, when I realized how quickly that I realized very quickly that Toby, if you tried to touch his ears, you know, his head was a, a bullet and, and would be launched at you. You know, I just did approach and retreat type technique with positive rewards. So every time he allowed me to approach more, I retreated and gave him a positive reward, which for me is a treat. And, and the reason I use treats so much is because I can facilitate learning faster. We all know 99%, there's always some equines that don't seem to like treats or apples or whatever, but all equines love treats. And so if I can throw in a positive reward, then I imprint that positive pattern faster than I would just to pat his neck and say, good boy, or take him to get some grass. So that's why treats are so important to me. But I make sure that I may issue them at the right time because I don't want to instill a negative pattern. And I do make sure I have some basic boundaries. I say I, when I'm working with uh, mules, I have an office, and they're not allowed to come in my office. I can walk in their office anytime I want because I'm the CEO, and I want them to be my best employee. Um, I don't look at it as I'm the master and they're the slave. I look at it as I want them to be my top employee. And so if I start with the, the right attitude and they know where they stand in, in my organization of two, and I can use positive rewards at the right time, often I just foster learning faster. I like that. Well, thank you. Okay. It's, it's worked really well for me, so I, that's why I do it. Toby, um, I mean, will he remain there at your Mule Academy? Oh, yeah, Toby's my lifetime, and, and, they, and Jolene is uh, Joanne's lifetime Mule. And Basil may end up staying with us. Um, you know, we just have to see because we. I, I live on a very small piece of property. Jolene, uh, uh, Joanne has a bigger piece than I do. But um, we're, probably, we're pretty maxed out now. So if we if we want to bring in another mule for something we want to do as a project, we have to decide, you know, if we're going to ultimately keep Basil or, you know, we would find him the right home and then bring another mule in. But for right now, we each own our mule and they're our lifetime mule. Every, every animal that comes to my house lives and dies at my house. I never get rid of anything. So Wow. You, you are very passionate about your work. I really admire you. Um, well, thank you. And I'm I'm looking at Jolene right now, and she's got yes, this. She's a piece of work, Jolene. She's got a bottle in her mouth. Yes. And um, please tell me that's Gatorade and not whiskey. Yes, it's Gatorade. <laughs> yes, she's not old enough to drink yet. She's, she's uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I will say that's the other thing I would like to mention. You know, we start working with these guys really young, so you will see we are. We've started preparing Jolene for her, her first ride basically, you know, very early on. And so everything that Jolene can do is not just a neat, cool thing. It's all in preparation so that when we she's big enough for us to ride the first time, that it's 90 percent all there. Um, you know, she's we're just starting to uh, she's just starting to carry a bit now. And uh, we're, we do a lot of ground driving, so she'll be ground driven in the bit uh, before she's ever ridden. So your woe, your turns, your, your all your cues are already set. We lay all over her. We sit on her. And, you know, she knows how to come pick us up. She, she competes. She's been to probably uh, 10 different obstacle challenges and usually wins the, the uh, young, you know, mule division or, or the, the novice division. 
Um, and so we take her off property. We do lots of things with her. And I compete Toby in obstacle challenges. We do dressage. I'm looking to start working equitation here in Georgia. Um, and I, that's, that, that's pretty much what I want Toby and I to do. Our, our, our main thing is to do working equitation. So um, all my, my dressage training and obstacle training, and then I play with cows when I can on the side, is in preparation to really compete seriously in working equitation. I um, I looked online and I saw your outdoor setup. I guess that's that's your ring or your training area. Um, what I would call pony playground. Joanne, well, Joanne has all the obstacles. We have obstacle competitions at her facility, so there's probably thirty different obstacles out there. At my place, I have just the basic, you know, barrels and cones. But at her place, there are teeter totter bridges and other types of bridges and every type of water box and obstacle you can think of at her place. So it's a playground. It's an obstacle playground there. That's really creative. And uh, I think you just got an awesome thing going on for the mule world. Um, What is your uh, schedule? I mean, do you have some events set up or clinics or? I actually am just about to um, have my first working equitation clinic. I have a uh, clinician. So Toby and I are brand new to the sport. So we have a working equitation equitation clinician coming in September 7th and 8th. So we'll be attending our first working equitation. Joanne and I, um, we have sporadic events. We do some trick training workshops. We do, uh, we just had a ground riding clinic a few weeks ago at her place. We just had an obstacle challenge last weekend. So we're, we're, we kind of do a lot of different things. We wear a lot of different hats. Um, and so when we're not going to a competition somewhere, we try to host either a workshop or a clinic uh, at her place all around obstacles. We're trick training or ground driving, uh, that sort of thing. How do people get in touch with you? We have Mule Academy Facebook page. So they can go there um, and check us out and then they can message us if they have questions or if they want to know whatever is, is coming up in, in Georgia in our area. Um, there's, I'm also, uh, Joanne and I are going down to Georgia, uh, Washington Mule Days, um, which is in um, Washington, Georgia, and we will be doing a mule soccer demo down there and she'll be doing a young mule uh, probably trick training or some kind of clinic at the Washington Mule Days and that's happening in October. So that will be posted on our site too but anytime they want to get in touch with me just go to mule academy and send me a message i'm really quick to respond if it's just questions or if they want to um, have joanna and i come to their location for some kind of type of clinic or workshop we're willing to travel for you know for for different uh, activities has there been any one trainer that has perhaps inspired you over the years I will say, you know, early on, um, I, I really, the Pirelli Foundation, um, especially the seven games, have played a huge role in um, my foundation-type training. And so I love the seven games. I love how they talk about I call them mule and but they call them horsonality. It's really important to know what type of mule you're working with. If you have one that's extremely sensitive or if they're kind of like Jolene and they have confidence exuding from them because the the way you play with them doesn't necessarily change as far as the games that you play. It's just the intensity you play it and and how much more time you give them to process and that kind of thing. So so I would say yes, Pirelli from, from their original origins and the seven games have been huge. There have been Lots of people that um, I have, I admire uh, Chris Cox, I think, horseman, um, and really enjoy him. And um, there are some other people, Jonathan Fields, 
that kind of have shaped me and my training. And then what I've kind of do is done is taken that foundation and added my own with my trick training and my dressage. Because to me, the most important thing is to combine that good foundational training of dressage with natural horsemanship, and then for the icing on the cake, I throw in the trick training, and that's kind of how I developed my own my own techniques. Uh, even though I'm rooted in in natural horsemanship from from the very beginning. During your childhood, I mean, did did you tell your mom and dad, "Hey, I want to be this this mule trainer extraordinaire when I grow up"? No, I told them, but they knew I was a horse crazy kid. From, <laughs> from I didn't again growing up, I couldn't have told you in Georgia. There's not many mules, and, and it has been my mission to really promote, and Toby has become kind of a, a a bit of a celebrity here in Georgia just because people in Georgia rarely see mules, and they sure don't see mules doing what I do with Toby. So I, I definitely was the horse-crazy kid. I've always had horses. I've always uh, ridden, um, but I didn't get really serious into my training until about 18 years ago. I, I was in marketing for uh, 12, 13 years, and one day I went to a Pirelli clinic and literally had an epiphany and said, this is what I'm supposed to do, and I quit my job, and I started going down my uh, natural uh, horsemanship training certification program, and would you know, I got pregnant um, three months later, so it took a little longer than I thought, but since that time, um, you know, I have just uh, embraced it full, full speed, and you know, uh, do it. I will say I still kind of do it on a part-time basis. I'm still a mom. My son's about to start high school, but the older he gets, the kind of more I get involved with it, the more my weekends free up and, and I can do it a little bit more than, than what, what I could do before. Well, this is all fabulous. I just think you're doing fantastic work. Uh, you're such an inspiration to mule owners out there, and and I really admire you. So once again, tell people how to get in touch with you. Uh, Joanne and I uh, are going to be at uh, the Missouri Mule Days. That will be the last weekend in, in August. So if you're going to be out there for that uh, amazing event, we will hopefully get to see you there and talk more about Mule Academy. But if you go to Facebook and you just type in Mule Academy, you will find our Facebook page and then just send us a note, a message, and we'll get back to you really quick. So that's the uh, Missouri Mule Days, which is with uh, Les is, Clancy. He's putting on. Okay. Yes. yes and that's in Missouri. Awesome. Yes, I will be there. And that'll well, Lori, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We'll have to do this again. So I really do appreciate you taking the time and calling us and uh, we'll do some follow up with you. That sounds great. I look forward to seeing you there. That was Lori Wilson from Mule Academy. Well, that's it for this segment on Mule Talk. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email, cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. And check out my training books on how to build confidence in your mule, connecting with your mule, and building that partnership. It's all available at everycowgirlsdream.com. Amazon Prime, and other participating outlets. I think my mule is looking for me, so I will catch you next time on Mule Talk. (laughs) 